Thought Bubble Audio. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and joining me this week is good friend of the show, Brent. Welcome back, buddy. Hey, glad to be here again. You know, I feel like I need to tell you happy anniversary. (laughs) I know. You want to tell everyone what we just figured out before we started recording? Yeah, I was wondering, when's the last time I was on this show? Well, it was one year ago to the date. To the day. 412. We're doing 512 tonight, and that was 412. And it's to the date, February 17th, to to put a calendar mark on it. It's apparently uh, it's our day. So, Tim, I'm going to need you to take a day off next year. I guess so. Year. Every year on this day, it is, it is apparently our anniversary. So, uh, happy anniversary, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, I think I think most of our listening audience uh, already knows you, but why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they might know you from? Uh, sure, I'm a member of the Squadcast Media Podcast Network. Uh, I co-host a couple shows over there, uh, Fans Without Borders, um, a weekly show covering just about anything we feel like in the nerd and geekery realm, DC, Marvel, Star Wars, uh, even a little Star Trek, whatever. Um, and of course, we do touch on the the fine work that's been happening on the CW this year, especially with Crisis. And then I'm also on Marvel Squadcast, a bi-weekly show covering just Marvel stuff. Uh, not just movies, uh, some movies, some animated shows, some comic books, just anything we feel like Marvel. And that's a that's a shorter show, usually closer to half-hour episodes, just meant to be a nice little nice little bonus for people to check out. Yes, sir. And it's always, always a blast, uh, both of those shows. I'm I'm really excited to talk about this episode with you because I think we have a lot of a lot of good stuff to get get to uh, and a lot of fun stuff to to talk about and in order to do that um, I think before we get there we need to take a look at what's in our mailbag so I don't have I don't have Tim's uh, Tim's ability to do the uh, the sound effects you know the whole like. And all that. So, oh, I guess I kind of did. Um, so you did. I wouldn't even want to try. Like, there's, there, I mean, I'm willing to help out with the episode, but there are some things that just can't be replicated. There's you, Tim can't be replaced. You know, they're they're big shoes to fill. Um, so, first uh, email that came to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com uh, comes to us from Ashley. Uh, Ashley says, hey, guys, love the podcast so much. Just finished binging every episode. Uh, definitely helped me get through my nine to five job. I have a good bit from the latest episode, Back from the Future, part one. I was really hoping one of you would mention it because I laughed so hard. When the elevator in John's office opened and Wynn pushed past Alex, she shoved him and said, don't push. It was such a great and funny <laughs> moment. I really missed Alex and Wynn together. Hope you guys get this message before part two. Can't wait to see how the rest of the season turns out. Uh, keep up the great work up, up and away. Well, thank you, Ashley. That was a good bit. That was indeed a good bit. I love, I do. I, I, I have missed the interplay uh, between Alex and Wynn and uh, the way that that, that moment, I, I actually did clock that moment and, uh, and forgot to mention it, but I'm really glad you brought it up because it was absolutely worth mentioning. It was really funny. Him, uh, her shoving him and saying, don't push uh, too good. Classic, classic stuff. Uh, absolutely. Like the, the, the height of of their sort of uh 
benevolently violent friendship, I, I guess. <laughs> I mean, almost sibling-like, right? Almost sibling-like. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, it really is. Like, she sort of, uh, you know, she'll sort of push him around a little bit, but all out of love. Yeah. It, I, the thing that really caught my attention from that email is, did Ashley say binging the entire show, Supergirl TV Talk, from the beginning? Uh, yep. <laughs> because I that's awesome for one thing and it, I always think it's funny to do that on shows to be like huh now that I have future knowledge to where they're at well, I wonder what guesses they got right and what guesses they were way off on you know that's actually so this is funny because we didn't plan this and people aren't gonna believe me we didn't plan this but that actually dovetails really nicely with our next email <laughs> um, perfect that's super perfect uh, because we got an uh, email here from Nick and Nick uh, says that he is in season three uh, of of Supergirl and, and working his way through. Uh, and he says, I was late to Supergirl and literally just started it at the beginning of this year. Uh, I immediately found your podcast and won't move on to the next episode of the show until I've listened to you guys deconstruct the episode I've just watched. I literally can't binge on the show because if I do that, it means skipping episodes of your podcast. Uh, so he says that he was a big fan of uh, the TV movie landscape of DC with Superman being his favorite character. He grew up on 10 seasons of Smallville. Uh, so he loves the references to comics and, and mythology. Uh, and he and this this is where, where you kind of covered ground. Brent. He says also because I'm so far back and listening to Epps from a few years back pre-crisis before Superman and Lois, etc. It's interesting to hear you guys talk about things that I know are going to happen and hear your opinions on them. Yeah. You're mostly bang on, by the way. I also love your big season plot predictions. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I kind of love that he's not going to hear this for like another month or two, probably. And the next thing he says is, I don't know. I won't know if my email gets a mention on the podcast until I get to present day episodes. Yes. But looking forward to the surprise in a few months. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I swear we did not plan this. I didn't tell Brent about this email. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. He goes on to say, uh, by the way, I'm an Aussie who lives in Dublin, Ireland. Just an FYI because I know you like to know where people are listening. Well, that's really cool. So thank you. Uh, from from down under to uh, to across the pond in Ireland. Uh, P.S. Would love to hear you do an episode breaking down the Superman and Lois show with your predictions, etc. It's possible you've already done this and I haven't gotten there yet. Looking forward to it, if so. And looking forward to watching and listening to Superman and Lois with you in real time when it arrives. Uh, well, you are correct, Nick. Uh, we haven't done an episode of this podcast, but I am happy to say uh, that a few friends uh, and myself have started Superman and Lois TV Talk. Uh, you can find that wherever you find podcasts or at supermantvtalk.com. Uh, that is with my good friends Robin and Derek, uh, both of whom, uh, both of whom, Derek, the, the founder of Starkville House of L., uh, if you're a Smallville fan, then that that name should uh, should mean something to you. They were the 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 biggest and longest running Smallville podcast, and then more, more recently, Derek and I did Starkville House of L. Krypton uh, when Krypton was on Sci-Fi, and uh, and uh, Robin, of course, joined that podcast for the the last season of Smallville, and uh, and now uh, we are the three of us are teaming up, and we're doing Superman and Lois TV talk uh, to talk about talk about Superman and Lois. So if if that's your thing, uh, we've already put out. Uh, a couple episodes by the time you're hearing this. Uh, they're already in the feed, so go check that out wherever you get your podcast or supermantvtalk.com. So a little, little plug there for that. So thank you, Nick, for uh, for mentioning that. And thank you for listening, uh, both uh, Nick and Ashley, for listening so uh, 
so faithfully uh, and 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 listening to our back catalog like that. That's really really cool of you uh, to to do that. I'm glad you're enjoying the podcast enough to want to do that. And Nick, whenever you hear this in a few months, there you go. There's your shout out. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for the mailbag for today. So um, let's keep this party moving and uh, let's let's talk about let's talk about this week's episode. It is episode five twelve. Uh, Back from the Future Part 2, written by Rob Wright and Jay Holtham, directed by Alexis Ostrander. And uh, Brent, do you have any good bits that you want to start us off with? Any fun moments, any things that stood out to you uh, that you wanted to shout out? Yeah, there's a couple things. Um, number one, I don't know what to call it, so I'm just going to call it the super clap. Whenever they smash their hands together to make like the you know wave blast go through, and Supergirl did that this week against a bunch of flying monkeys. And I'm a sucker for that move from the super strong people every single time I see it, and this was was no different. Yeah, I love. I do love that. I actually didn't have that one down, so I'm glad you mentioned that one. Yeah, that that is that is a good one. It's a it's a cool power. It that's not used very often. Um, it's not overused, which I appreciate. And then another one that I had was the uh, the lasers. When they fir- the the late DEO defenses came down and started firing lasers at all the agents and stuff that were like on their main area of the of the DEO, the camera angle changed and it was like this interesting circular shot as it was they were tracking the lasers attacking different people. You know the characters we know and the random no names in the back. And I thought that was a really fun shot. Yeah. Yeah, super fun shot. Super fun, uh, like just to have those lasers at all. Um, and then that, yeah, the use of it was really, really cool. Um, there were a few really cool moments like that uh, in, in this episode. I felt like even just like the um, the final battle, you know, where we had the flying monkeys and the Lexo suits and every, like oh, all yeah. of that all yeah. happening at once was like pure comic book fun, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I loved that. Um, I mean, backing up just a little bit, I I love just the fact that uh, Wynn's uh, call sign with the Legion is Computer Lad. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> Computer Lad, that's perfect. I'm like, huh, I wonder who I would be. Can I be iPad Lad? <laughs> <laughs> you would be. <laughs> or Shortcuts Lad. There you go. Yeah. Oh, my God, that's great. Uh, also, the karaoke between William and Kara, uh, Africa by Toto was great but they were in full harmony and he's like they're they're doing like like choreography and stuff like all of it was fantastic i love it was so much fun so much fun to watch i never i never watched glee but okay. i really enjoy every time we hear melissa Benoist sing like, yeah she's really talented she's incredibly talented yeah and god it's just so she's so fun like she she's clearly having so much fun when she gets to do those things and uh i just love like what a fun like dork she can be it's it's and i say that with like so much love and affection you know like it's just absolutely uh i i love i love seeing her get to, to do that uh well you got you got any more uh i got one more all right the rotary phone rotary phone yes that was on my list 
It uh, kind of reminded me of like Batman 66 when like Commissioner Gordon would call Batman on the red rotary phone. And uh, it's like, eh, Lex, he had his own installed. I mean, hey, you know what? It paid off because they needed something from a different technology that wasn't all digital. So I'm like, I guess credit to him for the foresight. But rotary phone, not something I expected to see on TV ever again. I know. I know. I totally got the Commissioner Gordon vibes, the bat phone uh a thousand percent from that and yeah it was really smart it was really smart you needed something as an analog tech uh that uh, that couldn't be hacked and he you know he had it he had it there i love that alex didn't even know it was there it's like under the counter and she's like what uh, okay i guess i'm answering this she's never dropped anything under the counter she can't be bothered to look under there it's true it's true yeah it must be nice not to be clumsy i'll never know uh, I, I actually really enjoyed the moment where Wynn and Supergirl were teaming up, uh, to scan the servers for the radiation down, you know, and they had their moment where, you know, he's talking about, he's giving her relationship advice about William. And, um, I really loved that when he's, he's fesses up that he actually developed the code that his dad is using for the AI. Yeah. Um, I love that he mentions that he wrote it down in a little blue notebook because in the first couple seasons of this <laughs> podcast, Tim would write all of his notes in a little blue notebook. Uh, and that was always a that was always a thing was let's open up a little blue book. So that felt like a I mean it wasn't, but it felt like a little nod to our podcast uh, in its own funny way. Um, so I enjoyed that. We talked about flying monkeys. We talked about I love it. Alex was like, we have Lexo suits. All these things that she doesn't know because of the because of crisis that she doesn't know that Lexo suits are there. It was great to see the Lexo suits. I love that Wynn takes back the name Toy Man in the thirty first century. Uh. Uh, that that was great. Like he's sort of like making it his own again, you know, like, mm-hmm. no, it's not. Yeah. Be... It's a good uh, close out to the toy man story. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to be a villain's name anymore. It's going to be a hero's name in the 31st century. Uh, the digital space that, that Wynn and his dad and his doppelganger were in uh, was sort of like the upside down from stranger things. Cause it was the same place, but just a little different. And literally the first shot of Wynn, he, he was upside down. Um, so I feel like that was sort of a, a nod. I love that Brainy shouts Leroy Jenkins when he distracts Alexo suits. Uh, and uh, Brainy had some moves this. Week. He did. He really did. Yeah, yeah. All the flips and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed that. You know, in this in this two part episode that was named back from the future. At the very end of it, when quotes Doc Brown and says, "The future is whatever you want, so make it a good one." Fun stuff. Um, Tim did send in some uh, some good bits. So I'll, he, he says, please add my input on good bits. Two Lexo suits is better than one. Lex's, Lex's purple tie is Lex. Uh, hooray for karaoke. Brainy doing flips is better than not doing flips. Alex quitting is good. Validates the tower. That's a great way to put that. Validates yeah. the tower. I like it. It does. And it absolutely, does. brainy doing flips is better than not doing flips. You should <laughs> just always be doing flips. Yes, always be flipping. ABF. So um, that's it for good bits, I think. Um, and I don't really have any Professor Comics Corner for this episode. Um, I don't think there was anything that hasn't already made an appearance in a previous episode. Yeah, I didn't episode. catch anything new. So yeah. I, I think you're right. You know, we had the Lexo suits. We had, you know, a lot of, you know, characters and things. But, I, you know, Toy Man, obviously. Uh, but I don't think there was anything that hasn't appeared in a previous episode. So no new Professor Comic Corner stuff. Um, so with that, I think we can officially move into Storytime Village. And uh, 
picking up on the themes that we've been using all season long. Uh, this was actually this episode was sort of the perfect um, fit for a lot of these themes. Uh, we had the dark side of tech, secrets and trust, and their use for good and evil, uh, and shades of villainy. Not so much integrity of journalism in this episode. We didn't spend a lot of time on the journalistic pursuits, uh, but definitely those first three. So let's dive right in on over-reliance on technology, the dark side of tech. Obviously, the first and foremost, most obvious thing uh, is Toy Man Sr. uploading his consciousness to the cloud, right? And um, that's uh, clearly uh, the dark side of tech and using it to to stay from beyond the grave uh and uh and, and him and and obviously the the younger toy man the doppelganger toy man uh trying to get to the internet and and essentially destroy the world from inside the deo pretty dark side of tech i would say that's pretty that's pretty dark um i kind of enjoyed that maybe this is sort of a good bit in, in its own way but it ties into this uh when 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 uh finally encounters his dad you know, in the screen, it's it's kind of like Kal El talking to Jor El in the fortress. It's like here's the AI of my dead dad talking to me. It is. I, I saw you tweet that out, <laughs> and I actually saw it before I, you tweet that before I watched the episode. And I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. And then I watched him. Like, oh, okay, I got gotcha. you, Jor El. Here we go again. The funny thing is, Tim is on vacation right now, right? That's why he's not here. And he um he also <laughs> reacted like, "What are you talking about?" When he saw the tweet because he hadn't seen the episode yet. So I felt good because I was able to, you know, like, okay, it 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 works. Uh, it works if you've seen the episode, but if you don't, it's not too much of a spoiler. So <laughs> I figured that was okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was, I think Alex put it really well talking about the, the dark side of tech. This is sort of the culmination of this whole season. Um, and, and this, this being a theme all season long, but she says, uh, we have all these eyes and ears and they're watching and listening, but who's watching who? Yeah, um, that that's a really good way to put it. And you can just see the way, and obviously it culminates in her leaving, as we already mentioned, but Alex is just, like, her trust for the for authority is really kind of out the window ever since Crisis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, can you blame her if you're working for Lex Luthor? Not at all. When that authority is Lex Luthor, no, I don't blame her one bit. Yeah. It's just, it's so interesting to see, thinking of how far her character has come. Like, when she, she used to be just, like, you say jump, I say how high type person, and now she's really kind of changing her viewpoint on things. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It's really true. Uh, it, it is a, a big, a big change for her in, in a big, big way. Um, and it's, it's this, it's, the, it's secrets and trust, but it's also this dark side of tech that kind of brings it about. Um, it ultimately is sort of the, the last, you know, straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, I thought that so we have Toy Man attacking the DEO, Toy Man's AI inside the Kryptonite powered Lexo suits. Certainly, the dark side of tech. I, I Toy Man inside a Lexo suit is maybe the most like one of the most terrifying things that I can think of, except for maybe like Brainiac inside a Lexo suit. Maybe that's worse, but like that's a Superman fan's like nightmare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, fun. though it the, this whole episode really goes into that dark side of tech. Because even like, I don't know, the B or C plot, whatever you want to call it, the stuff with the obsidian lenses, even like when they those first showed up, you know, Kelly is there. And as Andrea comes out of the lenses, she's like, 
Eating virtually provides the body with nutrients. Like what? Which I'm like, how does that work for one thing? But then I think, I'm like, okay, I'll be honest. That got a little bit of an eye roll from me. But then the more I'm thinking about it, the more I'm like, are they going to like take them to like, are they trying to basically go all matrix on them? Like, is that where they're, where this obsidian lenses, these obsidian lenses are trying to go towards just having everybody stay plugged in all the time? Because if they can, why else would you throw in eating virtually? Right. I, I think so. I think that's the end game here. And I think that that's what Leviathan is after with it, right? I think that they want to put everyone in this matrix style, always plugged in thing where maybe you don't know when you're plugged in and when you're not. Um, and, and take over the world that way by having everybody be sort of so, you know, in a sense drugged up um, by the technology that they don't even know wh- where they are anymore and who they are anymore. And then the other thing that really kind of caught my attention was uh, Alex referred to a bunch of the weapons as like smart guns. She said, take out the chips from all the smart guns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm like, normally when someone says smart something, they mean like smart light bulbs, smart thermoset. I'm like, okay, so are they going to have Siri like fire guns? Like, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) IOT guns. I don't think we need that. (laughs) Right. I'm just like, that That feels like a problem. Is it going to my home bridge? Yeah. That's... uh... (laughs) Don't like that. Don't like that. I mean, listen, my my you know, Siri barely hears me most of the time. I don't I don't need it I don't need it to be misfiring a gun on me. That's just that's just no good. I'm 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 anti. I'm not I'm not into that. No thank you. No, no. No, I'll do without. I actually think uh maybe even better than Alex's quote, uh Brainy so so Brainy uh deletes the the spy Alex installs spyware at the DEO to spy on Lex Brainy because he's working with Lex deletes it, uh, but also because he doesn't want you know, he claims he doesn't want Lex to to know it was Alex who did it, um, and he, that he was protecting her, and when he justifies it he says and maybe this is really the the true culmination of of, uh, of this storyline technology no matter how sophisticated can be used against us it's just a matter of when. And I it's, think that is really what is at stake with the obsidian lenses here. It's interesting to hear Brainiac 5 be the one to say that. Right? Right? Like, he is he is uh, potentially the person who you would expect to be sort of defending um, the the use of, of tech. But, I, but he's also seen, he's seen the dark side of tech. He knows it better than anybody, uh, in a sense. And he is, he's so, you know, he, he's saying it's just a matter of when it's, it's going it, to, no matter how sophisticated it can be used against us, it's just a matter of when, um, that's part of why he's partnered with Lex because he feels like that's the only way to help protect humanity, protecting him from that, that misuse of technology and misuse of, of resources. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, I, I mean, coming from him, it's like, people should when he talks about that kind of stuff it's like people should really stop and listen to what he's saying there seriously seriously like that should be a wake-up call and a warning sign he is not to be like taken lightly on especially on those things and it's interesting that he and win have a a moment where where win is like is what you're doing is this part because they they the last episode Brainy revealed to win that he's he's working he's in cahoots with Lex um you know and win sort of said like is this part of what you're doing is this part of the whole 
working for Lex thing? Is this for a reason? And is this part of Lex's plan? And he's like, yes. And I have to like you. You're from the future. You know that I have to do this. Um, it's actually uh, that reminds me of a tweet from Jeremy Jordan. You shared this with me earlier today, uh, where Jeremy Jordan said that shooting this episode, uh, one of the most fun things to play was the fact that Wynn knows the future. So if you look more closely, there are moments where perhaps new information is revealed to the group, but Wynn has a little knowing gleam in his eye. I love that. I love that he played it that way. I love that, you know, that they had the presence of mind to have that be a factor uh, mm, in his absolutely. performance. Uh, I just, I, that's, that's so fun and such a cool way of, um, of, you know, a, a cool aspect to bringing him back in the show is having that be a, a, a piece of it. But he obviously doesn't know everything mm-hmm. because he's still questioning Brainy. He, you know, he's still, can I trust you? Or is this part of what you're telling me about? He he doesn't even know that the other toy man was still around. So he, he doesn't have a perfect historical knowledge, but it'll be interesting to find out if they kind of reveal some of the stuff that he already knew as the show progresses. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Um, I mean, I hope he comes back, obviously, maybe next season. Um, and I hope at that time we get to find out, you know, what he's what he's known and what he has. And maybe some of the things along the way. Um, that's what I have for Dark Side of Tech. Uh, do you want to move on to Secrets and Trust? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Secrets and Trust and their use for good and evil. Mostly evil this week. Um, Alex installs that spyware on uh, on Lex. Uh, that doesn't really work out for her kind of backfires in her face. Uh, Lex knows about it, tells Brainy to disable it. Uh, Brainy continues to work with Lex in secret. Not only does he delete the spyware, he he gets uh, Toy Man's AI code, uh, the code that lets him upload himself to the to the um, DEO because Lex wants to use it to def- in order to defeat Le- Leviathan. Um, which is interesting because it kind of seems like Leviathan wants to do something similar with Obsidian. So this is going to be like a war of AIs eventually. I, I don't potentially. Know. Part of me wondered: Does Lex is he just telling Brainiac that, or does he and is he just telling Lena that? Does he really just want the want it for himself? What to make himself immortal? Because that feels like a very Lex thing to do: play everybody against everybody else just so he can end up with immortality. That would be a very Lex thing to do. Extremely like Lex Luthor to the max. Uh, play every play everybody against the middle, and and he's got a completely different end in mind. But he also doesn't want. He also like does want to protect the earth like he he does see himself in a twisted way as the savior of the planet and and that's one of the reasons why he hates the kryptonians so much because they're not human they're not from earth he sees them as a constant threat he's constantly paranoid about what they might do and and frankly even if they're going to be heroes he doesn't want an alien to be the hero he wants him an earthling to be the hero um so he does have a protective streak when it comes to you know the planet and humanity um he's willing to kill people to get what he wants but he's also want he also wants to protect earth from you know other influences yeah it's 
I mean, I, I guess I, not everything he does is necessarily villainy. I mean, he does ultimately want to protect the Earth. You're right about that. I mean, we saw that in Crisis. It's just, it's like there's this line, and you have to get up to this massive scale before he's willing to do something for the greater good. And, like, it takes, you know, literally protecting the entire world before he's willing to help someone out just because it's the right thing. Right, right. And, and even in this episode, he, you know, when he came to help Lena... Um, he made it pretty clear that it was just because their incentives were aligned and they wanted the same things, right? She even says like, oh, it's always all about you. And he goes, uh-huh. So, so even when it's about someone else, it's he'll, he'll do something, but not purely because it's for someone else. He'll do something for someone else if it also helps him. Mm-hmm. He'll, yeah. he'll save the planet if it also helps him. Yeah, the planet ha- happens to be where he lives, therefore he'll save it, you know? <laughs> Um, but otherwise he doesn't really have an altruistic bone in his body. He's not doing it for the other people. If other people get saved in the meantime, fine. Yeah, fine. I'm just so nonchalant. Yeah, fine. that's a great way to sum it up. And I mean, he does like, even you talked about the secrets and stuff. It's like he even was helping Lena behind her back by going right. to that board member. And he's, he's always, you know, multiple steps ahead and playing a game that no one else even realizes what the rules are yet. Right. Exactly. It's that, it's that like four dimensional chess. Like you don't even know, you don't even, you're not even on the same level. You're not even on the same dimension as him. He's on a whole other, whole other level, um, that, that nobody else can really, you know, get on board with. So let's see. Um, he, uh, he, uh, as as he's he's doing that, Win needs to learn to trust. So getting back to secrets and trust, uh, Win needs to learn to trust his father in order to delete to defeat uh, and and delete uh, his doppelganger, uh, which is a really interesting a really interesting twist for him because he's so positive. He's so positive that his father um, can't possibly be in the right. Can't possibly be doing anything good or altruistic or helpful i mean to the point where remember when they get down there to the basement and they they find the 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 server um and he's talking to the ai of his dad in the screen mm-hmm. his dad is like telling supergirl oh you know go that way to get away from the flying monkeys um and win won't won't believe him and he blasts a hole through a wall to get away you know he just at no point does he trust his father at the point where it, it's not until he's literally his doppelganger has him pinned um, that he he opens that door and lets his father out and lets his father help. Uh, and it's at that point we realize that his dad actually was trying to help um, because he realizes that the the AI has has gone too far and that the the evil toy man, the alternate toy man, um, needs to be stopped at all costs. So so it's um, it's this this thing where he actually does need to learn how to trust um, the the person who he thought was his enemy, who who was his enemy. Yeah, and who can blame him when you look back at the relationship he's had with his father and the things that his father has done? It's like you totally understand why he's not going to take him at face value. Because at that, even at that point when he said, you know, go this way to avoid the flying monkeys, he he hadn't seen anything from him yet that was telling the truth. All everything he knows about his father is what an evil person he was. So it's like, I don't blame him at all, but at the same time, it was a cool moment when like, he just kind of just finally had that leap of faith. He trusted his gut, he trusted his instincts and he hit the button to let his father out to help him so that they could now defeat the evil toy man at the same time. Right. Right. 
Yeah, it's cool. It was cool that they were able to do that. They were able to to team up, and it was sort of it was a really cool, um, you know, sort of salvation for his uh, for his father after you know all these seasons later when we saw him being the original Toy Man. Uh, it, it was cool to to have him be uh, redeemed in that way. It was cool redemption for him and uh kind of an, a neat way to close the close the book on that on that villain even after crisis um you know getting to getting to sort of rehash that a little bit and and i i, I think i said this last week but man did did uh jeremy jordan really get a chance to chew up the scenery as the doppelganger evil toy man uh that was so cool and what a cool uh, what a great performance he gave and what a cool fun thing he got to do. Absolutely. He, he nailed the part. I mean, like there was no confusion of who was who they could have been wearing the exact same clothes and you would still know which one is toy man and which one is at this point, computer lad. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's like they took a page out of the flashes book with Harrison Wells, you know, we're going to just let someone chew up all the scenery playing themselves but from a different world and it's it's really nice that we still got to see a touch of that you know we saw a little bit of that with with brainy a couple episodes ago and now we're getting to see that with him as well i love it i know they're making good use of their cast this season and letting them really stretch out and do some fun stuff and if it felt like these two episodes felt like worthy of bringing him back you know we haven't seen him for over a season almost a season and a half at this point mm. it felt worthy of bringing his character back yeah yeah this was good and i'm, I'm glad he got a two-parter to to play around with too that was that was a lot of fun so yeah very very much worth the the return of jeremy jordan and i i hope we get to see him again i said it before but I, I hope that you know it'd be nice if he came back like once a season um and and teamed up with them every so often it'd be cool if he came back for like a future crossover or something um That'd be neat too. I'd like to see that. I would like to see that on the Superman and Lois show. Yeah, bring in the yeah, Legion and that. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. Mm, I'm down. I am down. Um, last thing. This is sort of secrets and trust related. Um, I thought that was the best place to put it. Alex quits the DEO because she can't handle working for Lex anymore. Um, just the lack of trust that she has with, with, with Lex was, was too much for her. Um, like we said before, how can you, can you really blame her? Um, that's when your boss is Lex Luthor. Can't, can't say that I would, I would be able to work under those conditions either. And to Tim's point, now it does, it, it makes the tower make a lot more sense. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. The problem is, and she actually told Brainy, why don't you come with me? Mm. If that happens, from her perspective, there's no one there to even try to keep Lex in check. And at this point, there's still kind of an asterisk next to it. Because, yes, Brainy is there, but, you know, some of what he's doing is actually Lex's bidding for Lex. Some of it he's still working to help the others. And that, like, that's the one flaw I see. I love it for her character. I love. I think it's a good move for the character, but I'm like... Ah, leaving Lex unattended this way because now effectively they don't know that because of Brainy's status there's nobody there to oppose them inside the DEO right right no checks and balances just Lex would have free reign and be able to do whatever he wants. especially if you're pulling Brainy out right if, if, if Brainy were to come with you then for all you know there's no one left to check him exactly. I mean is there is her idea that they would team up to 
stop him i mean i i i don't i don't know i don't know what she's what she's really th- i guess she's she's not really concerned about that and she's like let's just let's just get the hell out of here well now everything they do against i mean i guess okay you know i i wasn't entirely accurate because supergirl is still there but obviously everything lex does around supergirl he's got his guard up yeah and so i i'm not even sure i would count her and so it's like Alex on the inside, even though Lex knew the relationship we had with Supergirl, just from a strategic standpoint, seems so much more useful to be able to work angles from the inside. But from uh, watching the show as the viewer, it may be a lot more interesting seeing them try to oppose Lex when they don't have the same level of access. Mm, that's true. It creates more drama. It creates more of a, of a challenge. Um, your point about Supergirl being there still is an interesting one because... Yes, she she would still be there, but she'd be there in a place that's covered in kryptonite and where they don't have. We found out that in this reality and post crisis reality, there are no more of the protections in place uh, to to shield her from kryptonite. And we saw that with the Lexo suits; they were kryptonite powered. And when they came out, she she got kryptonite poisoning from them. Um, and for John mentioned taking all those weapons to the sun and getting rid of them. But Alex left before they had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like that has to continue to like, th- that's a seed that they, they're, they're planting mm-hmm. for, for the future. I feel like that wasn't just for this episode. That's a kind of a big one. It seems to me, kryptonite just in general, uh, being at the DEO and now our, our, you know, her, her big super, super girl's biggest ally and Alex no longer being there. Um, even with brainy, being there who is you know on our on the side of the good guys but he's under lex's thumb so how good can he really be all of the time you know he, he's 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 influenced he's he's not entirely pure um it it's it makes me worry that uh that lex is going to use that kryptonite again this season against Supergirl as as soon as the opportunity presents itself. He's probably got a master plan in place for how he's going to do that. Oh, absolutely. And I, I won't lie. Part of me is wondering, even with how sophisticated Brainy is, you know, he's basically a living computer. Is, is it possible Lex is controlling him or corrupting him somehow? Uh... I mean, I I do I obviously get the sense he's manipulating him, but I, like corrupting him like at, at like a computer like sort of software Contro- level. Yeah, like controlling his code for lack of a better way to put it. It's just I wonder, especially because now Brainy's not going to have any kind of pretenses to keep up around the DEO around the others. Is he just going to fall further and further and definitely manipulated without a doubt that, but I wonder if it's going to let Lex get his hooks into him even more. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. If he's actually got some kind of technological control over him, I hadn't really thought about that. I was really just looking at it on the manipulation level, but that's an interesting idea. Like could, could Lex Luthor, does Lex Luthor have the technology that it takes to somehow corrupt, you know, Brainiac Five from the 31st century. That's a real. That would be really like a whole new level of Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. That'd be cool. Um. All right. Our final theme here: shades of villainy. 
so I mean, shades. Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty out there. Uh, we've got we already talked about Lex wanting the code that Toy Man used. I think we've we've addressed that because uh, he wants to defeat Levi- Leviathan. I like your theory that you know that's that's the story he's telling people, but um, you know he's he's telling he's telling Brainiac one thing. He's telling lena another thing but really he's he's got his own motives um i i I think that's i think that's probably what's going on here and if there's a a third story altogether uh that's the truth of what he's doing and and can i just say one more time that i love the fact that we still have like we're getting this much lex Luthor on this show and that we've had john crier for as long as we've had him because to think that this was only supposed to be you know a, a a quick appearance in season four that has turned into all crisis and beyond um like what a treat like what an absolute treat yeah like originally he was only going to be in three episodes total and you know he was in like more of crisis than that and then right. alone not to mention the, the other episodes we've had since then and so it at this point, it's like, I'm pretty sure, it, especially with Crisis, with what happened with the Flash on there and with the Ezra Miller version, I think DC is just letting that go and realizes what they have with John Cryer as Lex Luthor. I mean, they have the next great Lex Luthor right now, and they're not letting him go. And I think that's great, especially because there's a Superman television show coming next year, and you kind of need Lex Luthor for that. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I'm most excited about for that show is the idea that Lex Luthor could be, you know, a, a recurring villain that, that is sort of an ever present, well, a, a constant presence, uh, in, in that show. That's, that really tickles me as a Superman fan. I'm really, really excited about that. And, you know, even if he's just in a couple episodes here and there, maybe he makes occasional appearances like he has been on this show. That's still a huge win for me. And I'm, I, I'd be excited. So, um, Ah, I'm just, I'm loving Lex. Loving Lex. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we haven't really seen him face off with Superman one-on-one yet. Right. Like, you know, the classic, almost stereotypical cliched Superman shows up at his window to talk to him. Yes. Like, we, we haven't gotten that yet. We've, a little bit of interaction in Crisis, but everything we know about their relationship has really just been told to us. Yeah. And I'm excited to see more of it. So, yeah, I don't want John Cryer going anywhere. He doesn't need to be the big bad of Supergirl next year or whatever, but I am, no pun intended, super excited that he is still around here and that we're still getting to watch him every week because he's just, he's wonderful. Amen, brother. I, I hope we get that moment, that that almost cliche moment on Superman and Lois. Um, I think we will. I suspect we will. Uh, we know that like the events of Superman the movie have happened in this continuity, at least before Crisis they did. Um, so we, we've been told that. Uh, so we know they have a history together. So I, I really hope that uh, I really hope that they, they cash in on that for the, for that show. Mm-hmm. But that's a whole other show. Um Lena is trying to get a preview of the new Obsidian Platinum, and she's offering to help perfect it, uh, but it's all really a ploy so that she can get her non-nocere algorithm uh, to as many people as possible and, and and put it out there into the world. So she's trying to use Obsidian to, to get her thing out there in the world, uh, the same way that she was trying to use um, Myriad to do that. Now she's trying to use Obsidian to do that. Shades of Villainy from Lena. 
Yeah, she kind of... I, I kind of feel like she's the opposite of Brainy right now. Like, they're both straddling the line of good and evil. But where Brainy, I think, is still leaning towards good, he's obviously done some bad things for Lex. He's leaning towards good, though. I think Lena's leaning towards the villainy side of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, she's doing... They're both doing bad things for good reasons, sort of, or what they think are good reasons. But I would argue that Lena, even what Lena's good reasons are, are are dubious at best. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, on top of that, on top of her already trying to do that, then Lex uses Gemma Cooper, who's the Obsidian board chair, and puts the pressure on her to put the pressure on Andrea. Because Andrea says, "No, that's fine. I don't need the Luther Corp help." Uh, to perfect the the uh, the technology to fix the the bugs in the technology, Lex basically tells on her, tattles on her uh, that she turned down a good offer, and convinces Gemma that uh, hey, you don't really don't want your CEO turning down a good partnership like this. Uh, you know, we're 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 probably going to find ourselves being corporate rivals in the future. Why don't we become allies now so you don't have to become my enemy? Basically, do you want to be enemies with Lex Luthor? Because that's just a really bad. That's just bad for everybody. Why don't you just become my ally now? And so he's he's going, you know, he's doing this ostensibly to to help Lena. He says he's doing it to help Lena. Um, obviously, he has his own goals in mind. Do you think he knows that Gemma is is part of is involved with Leviathan? I I don't know. I I think he suspects there's a connection. How deep her connection is, that I'm not sure if he follows. But it, to me, it seems like they, he definitely knows that the Obsidian tech is related to Leviathan. Like, they're not these disconnected events. Like, he feels like if he's to go after one, he's going after the other. Yeah, I have to agree. I, I think he, he knows on some level. Whether he knows exactly how i don't know but i I do think that he has he knows there's a connection and this is part of his part of his master plan so he's he's manipulating Gemma to 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 manipulate andrea to get lena what she wants so that's one level of manipulation that's one level of shades of villainy but then another whole other layer a whole other uh double cross double agent situation is where Gemma uh, is actually playing Lex <laughs> and she goes to, you know, diet grainy goodness there and, uh, <laughs> and, and says like, we have the Luthers right where we want them. So she's trying to get the Luthers in a certain spot. The Luthers are trying to get her in a certain spot so they can use obsidian. There is just layers upon layers of chess game on top of chess game of manipulation and uh, backstabbing and all these secret all these secret uh, manipulations happening. Someone, everyone is pulling the strings, uh, puppet strings. So who's who's the who's the ultimate puppet master behind everything? That's the real question. It it is the real question. I never would never want to bet against Lex in that scenario. Yeah, yeah same, same. I, I I I he usually comes out on top in these in these scenarios. Uh, just in the you know less than than a full season that we've had with him. Um, it's it's usually him who comes out on top or at least at least gets away with whatever he's doing right so i i have that's why i think that while we don't know it yet he 
he maybe he knows that she's involved with Leviathan on some level and maybe even has a, a feeling that she uh, that she thinks she's manipulating him and, and maybe he's okay with letting her think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that would be the Luther way, the Lex Luther way. So I feel I feel like that's a pretty decent chance there. Um, any other shades of villainy miscellaneous? Uh, maybe DEO director docs, which I mm. think was phrased that way just for the alliteration of it. Uh, Lex promoting Brainy. I mean, yeah, he's been working with him. I got to question that move. Not, not as a strategic standpoint, but just a, a motive. Like why would he choose him to be elevated to that position? Hmm. Yeah, I mean he's got him he's got him under his thumb, right? And so to have the to have the director of the DEO be your basically your right-hand man. I mean basically now mm-hmm. Lex is is the director of the DEO right by proxy. Uh, yeah, but I mean he kind of was anyway. I mean his name's yeah. on the floor. <laughs> but now he's not fighting it. You know, he's got someone who's a willing uh willing to comply with all of his plans and all of his orders. Very true, anyway. very true. I don't know. But that's 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 like but but like for what end, right? Like what is Lex really up to? Is it does it have to do with the Leviathan stuff? Does it have to do with taking down Supergirl and uh, just the Kryptonians in general? Um, I don't know. All of the above. Does it have to do with becoming president? Mm, interesting. The idea was putting his head at crisis. Uh, yeah. Lex Luthor is president, so yeah. uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that's a. That's going to be quite the shot you just called, if that comes to be. Because is the D De- in this post-crisis world is the DEO still a government agency? If it's run by Lex Luthor, I mean, but he's not like uh, is it? It's a, it's a division of Luther Corp, right? So it's not a government agency, right? And they haven't made any references to the military chain of command, right? The way that they have in past seasons. That's kind of a weird one for me, honestly. That's kind of a hard pill to swallow. Like, so what? You, okay, we rearrange Earths, whatever. But like, the Department of Defense is now a private enterprise. Like that. That's that's just a little weird for me to understand. Like, I understand. I, mean, I get that anything's possible, and that in, in multiple Earths and things merging. That like, fine, I, I get that. But it doesn't really make sense why a, something that was in one reality a government agency is a is owned by a private company in another Earth. I don't know. I just don't really see how that happens or why that makes sense within this reality but but here we are yeah you know it's we could try and headcanon something away but or we can just remember that uh mark guggenheim who was the showrunner for crisis told all the shows if there's something you want to change this is your easy way to change it right right yeah i'm all for it being under lex's control hundred percent. I guess I'm just questioning what was their reason and not questioning, asking the question, sincerely asking the question, what was their thinking behind having it be part of Luther Corp rather than having Lex be, you know, secretary of uh, be a cabinet member who who's running the DEO or whatever, you know, that's that's what I'm curious about. There, I'm sure there's a reason. And well, not knowing the past, I mean, maybe something like that happened and he basically overtook it. And he mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him to convince a a president and a Congress to basically separate off this division. And yeah. for lack of a better phrase, sell it to Lex and just wash their hands clean of it. Privatize it. Yeah. Yeah. 
entirely possible. He could, if anyone could pull it off, it's him. Hmm. <laughs> questions, questions. Um, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, uh, Director Doc's uh, Shades of Villainy. Yeah, what what is that all about, and what will Lex do with that ultimately? Questions for another day, for another episode. Um, like I said, we don't really have anything for the integrity of journalism this week. We really didn't see um, much of anything at CatCo, except for, I mean, this didn't have to do with integrity, but um, except for Kara turning down William and saying that she doesn't doesn't see him that way, doesn't think of him that way. So um, that she doesn't feel like she can move forward with that relationship. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, um, uh, but no integrity of journalism this week. So that actually brings us to the end of the body of this episode. It's one more thing we should mention. Yeah. Hit me. Who showed up at the door when Alex and Cara were talking at yes. the very end? Yes. Um, so this, yeah, this goes into, into next week, but Mr. Mix's Pitalik returns to wreak havoc in next week's episode 100. Yeah, played by a different actor this time, but by Tom Lennon this time. What an easy character to do that with. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that. I mean, if you if you uh, if you if you have to recast somebody, Mister Mixes Pitta, like being who he is and having these powers where he can do essentially, you know, whatever he wants, um, is is a really really super easy one um so when they couldn't get uh the actor back who played him uh, a couple seasons ago uh back in season two in mr and mrs mixy spitalik um why not just go ahead and and get tom lennon (laughs) yeah i like it he's a cool character i'm looking forward to him coming back i'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the next episode so it's I was surprised about the actor change, but you know what? Sometimes recasting has to happen, and at least here there's a an in-universe reason you can get away with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it fits with his powers. I'm also really um I'm also really excited to see you know his take on the character and see how how he's how he's different uh from what we saw in season 2 because you know different actor, different uh, uh different take on things. But um yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Tom Lennon's a good actor who's, you know, he's been in tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I love him in, like, the movie I Love You, Man, and uh, lots lots of other things. Uh, so so he's, you know, well-known, really funny actor, uh, comedic actor. So I'm excited to see his, his take on this character. It's a really funny character. So good stuff. Uh, we have more to touch on when we talk about the trailer for episode 100. Uh, in just a minute here, but for people who don't want to hear uh, trailer TV talk, uh, Brent, why don't you tell us one more time where people can find you on the internet if they want to listen to some of your podcasts or see uh, what else you do on the internet? Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Brentac Prime um, Podcast again, Fans Without Borders and Marvel Squadcast. Uh, links to both of which you can find over at squadcastmedia.com. Good stuff. And we'll put links in the show notes to all of that. Uh, so thank you very much, Brent, for, for joining me this week. This is always a blast every Absolutely. February 17th to hang out with you. 
And uh, you can find this podcast uh, at SupergirlTVTalk.com. You can find us at TV Supergirl on Twitter, at SupergirlTVTalk on Instagram. Uh, you can find us as part of the Thought Bubble Audio Network, uh, where uh, lots of our other podcasts live, like Beer with Geeks and Academy Rewind. Tim and Palmer and the gang, uh, and and your friend Scott Brent, right from from uh, yep, from the Squadcast Media, uh, uh, as well as Lisa, um, all got together and did a recap of the Oscars that I think was longer than the Oscar ceremony itself. Um, Lisa is, from I Love That Movie. Yes, from I Love That perfect, Movie. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a great for anybody who, who, uh, enjoyed the Oscar films this year. Um, that is a, a really fun episode. I actually was, was going to join them for that episode and then I couldn't at the last minute. And, um, I was, I was very, very bummed that I, I couldn't, but, um, they had a, a blast and it was a, like a three hour long episode and worth every, every minute, uh, to listen to it. So Academy Rewind has some great stuff going on. Loud women. Um, if you're enjoying shrill on Hulu, uh, my wife, Marissa does a podcast on thought bubble audio talking about, uh, that, that show uh, with AD Bryant. So, um, lots of great stuff over at thoughtbubbleaudio.com for you. And you can find all of our shows, uh, wherever podcasts are found and support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. If you want to throw us uh, a couple bucks to help keep the lights on, we would certainly appreciate that. So let's get into trailer TV talk. Um, episode 100, uh, lots of, so, so here's, here's what I've got. We've got, we got Mixes Pitalik, right? That we had a nice little tease at the very, very end of the episode where he comes to the door. Uh, but he continues into next week. Uh, he says, we have to go back to the beginning and then we get this rewind effect. Uh, and we see things like happening backwards and we hear, you know, a rewind sound. And then we see Kara in her old suit, her old costume. Mm-hmm. And it looks like, I mean, from the shot I saw really quickly, it looks like Melissa Benoist with today's hair, but in the old costume. Um, so clearly new footage of, of her in the old costume. So I, I, do we think she's, you know, going back to the beginning, old suit, rewind effect. Do we think that we're having some kind of a thing where she's going to rewrite history? And, and it looks like it, the, the footage we saw going backwards was of her and Lena. So is, is Mixus Piddle going to give her the chance to, to rewrite her history with Lena and see what would have happened if, you know, if she had handled things differently? I think so. Um, by the way, Melissa's hair does look different in that shot. I just went back and looked at it. Um, I I think they are going to give give her the opportunity, uh, almost a third attempt at what she's going to talk to Lena about, like with to go into their relationship and who she is. She tried it pre crisis, and we know that was just horrib- went horribly overall. She went to try it post crisis and found out she was too late. That Lena already knew everything. Maybe this will give her that third opportunity. I, I got to wonder what other changes might they use this to make, or is it going to change ultimately change anything? Maybe it's going to be one of those. No, everything that happened happened for a reason scenarios, but it, it's episode 100. It's a, I mean, it's going to be a look back at the show, which in my opinion is kind of what the 100th episode should be. It should be a celebration of the show. That's what I'm looking for out of it. Really agreed. Yeah. It should be a retrospective and a fun look back. Um, I kind of doubt that any, I mean, I don't think that anything that happens in that episode will stick. Like if, if they were going to make cha- lasting changes, I feel like they would have made them in crisis. Like, why would you then, why would you have crisis and then, and then do another uh, episode, you know, three, four episodes later where, 
where things change again permanently. I I, I think that it's going to be more of usually whenever Mick Spitalik like, comes comes to town in any media, you know, he makes uh, kind of a funhouse mirror out of things, and then he gets sent back to the fifth dimension, and and things go back to the way they were. So I I, I feel like you're right that it's going to be a it's a it's a really really good plot device, a really good mechanism to do that look back retrospective celebration of five seasons of Supergirl, hundred episodes of Supergirl revisit some things, you know, get to see them again, maybe see them from different points of view or do some, what if type of stuff, like what if she had told Lena sooner or whatever, unless that's just a misdirect from the trailer. I don't know, but um, I think we'll see what if stuff, but I don't know if we'll actually get a lasting permanent change, right? Where like maybe she gets a third chance, but does it stick? I doubt it. The other thing is it kind of made me think like we, sh- we saw Lena on the video screen when we got the rewind effect, but the dialogue made me think going back further than that. Like, I almost wonder, are we going to re revisit the pilot episode when she catches that plane or mm. uh, like, are we going to go that far back? You know, they don't, they don't, they don't go back and revisit things from the CBS season all that often, but I feel like this would be a pretty good reason to do so. Yeah, it would. I mean, hey, why stop there? Why not go back to Krypton, right? Like, like go go back and and change the her pod getting knocked off course. Get change all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know, there's 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 if you're if you've got uh, the fifth an imp from the fifth dimension who can change space and time, why not? Why not go for the big stuff? Like, really go for the CBS the the, the things that CBS uh, did and, and and change them around. That that'd be a ton of fun. So there's there's endless opportunity there. Yeah. Either way. It- when I found out this was going to be episode 100, part of me was like, holy cow, has it really been on that long? It's like, I still remember, you know, maybe, maybe not seeing the show before it aired because it happened mm. to get out there. And it's like, it's been, wow, it's been 100 episodes. I mean, I love it. And it's we know it's been renewed for next year, and I'm glad it's not going anywhere. It's just, it's hard to believe that the show has been on for that long. It it is it is it's hard to believe that that like you know we've we've been doing this podcast for five plus years like it's it's crazy it's crazy that it's it's been it's been that long a hundred episodes you know when Arrow had its hundredth episode it was in the middle of invasion mm-hmm. yep um which I'm was Supergirl season two yeah Supergirl season two and I'm really glad that this show gets to have its hundredth episode sort of independent of those things and that it gets to do its own gets to do its own thing there. Did Flash's hundredth was after the finale. Or after the crossover that year when Flash had to theirs last year. Okay. They you know, a lot of people kind of criticize the Arrow hundredth episode because like maybe it didn't get to be the episode it could have been because they had to do stuff for Invasion and it didn't get to be an Invasion episode because they had to do stuff for the 100th. They kind of learned from that, I think, for The Flash and then they're just, the way it lined up, it's easier for them to do this year. But I agree. This is an episode, I love crossovers. I adore crossovers. This is an episode that needs to be focused on Supergirl and her cast. Yeah, I you know, the, the show, each respective show deserves to be able to celebrate itself um, I think that wasn't fair to the invasion crossover and it wasn't fair to arrow uh, and its fans to, to put it in the middle of the, it was a cool idea conceptually, but it didn't, I don't think it really worked. I'm glad that both of these, they, they learned their lesson, the flash. And now again with Supergirl, like let them, let them have their moment in the sun. Don't try to, you know, mix two things like just let it, let it be its own thing. And, and I'm, I'm all for that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I'm excited for episode 100. Thank you for joining me for episode 99, Brent. This was a ton of fun as always. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, man. All right, so we'll we'll boot uh, Tim next year on uh, on Feb 17 uh, again and tell him he's not allowed. Um, he can just keep calling me on Skype all night. I'll just keep <laughs> hanging up on him. There you go. I look forward to that. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, Brent. Thank you, listeners. Uh, you are all amazing. Love you all. And until next time, up, up, and away.